it's a brand new start uh, to something that we have been here in the midst of the group talking for about a month and uh, goes back to a time a month ago right here around the island and Nick Gertz and my son Boris Schneider and myself we were just having a Holy Ghost time talking about the Holy Spirit and so it's there this, this thought came out that we should get together and do Dominion Conversations and so this is what we're about today Dominion Conversations why dominion? Because anytime we talk about the word of the Lord, we are speaking dominion. We are speaking the very voice of God. And so, today is my pleasure to introduce Nick Gertz from Bedford, Nova That's Scotia. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. And my son, Boris Schneider, from... Yeah. From right here. Right here. Yeah, right here. And uh, so... Here we go. So Nick has some questions from the Word that he wants to ask us, and we'll try to, as the Lord leads, not try, but he will lead us. The Lord's going to lead us, and we will be covering some topics. So I've been reading through the New Testament. Yes. And I started with Matthew, and Mark, and Luke. You guys know how it goes. Yeah. So in Mark, just something light here, nothing too deep. Yeah. So I believe everything in the Bible has a purpose for being in the Bible. That's right. I just sometimes can't figure out what the purpose is. <laughs> and in this case, Mark 14, 51, it says basically, okay, I'm in Luke now, so I have to figure out exactly what this was, but this was the verse that, that kind of threw me off. Um, now a certain young man followed him, having linen cloth around, thrown around his naked body, and the young man laid hold of him, and he left the linen cloth and fret fled from them naked. Right. I don't know how this relates to anything in, <laughs> that was going on here. It just seems like this little, like, piece that was added in. Right. Do you think it was because Mark was just telling it how he saw it and how he remembered? Like, because that's, like, his account? That's right. Or could it be, is there actually, like, some meaning of, like, why it was added in there? I don't know. Just your guys' thoughts on Well, I... What I perceive that there's a meaning for everything in the Word of God, and the depth of the Word of God is inexhaustible in light of it's it's eternal, it's forever. So even when we move to heaven, we'll ever be discovering the truth of the Word of God. But I, I think I like what you first said, the literal moment of the Word. This brings about the literal Word of God. And so uh, without recognizing that this Word is truth, and and uh, that every line and every every verse is truth, and it's exactly as it happens, then that on its own is revelation because if we don't read the word literally then we are really not believing the word of god and so i believe yeah that's exactly how it happened and so without going too deep into the matter i think that that's right he was an eyewitness of that moment and that's exactly how it played out right hmm. how about you boris yeah, I think that's essentially what it is. Again, these are all hand-written accounts of these apostles and the disciples of what they saw. Mm -hmm. and I think it really proves a testament to how literal these accounts are because a lot of times we're seeing Jesus do, perform these amazing things. We're always seeing him, you know, it's like, oh, you know, he's, he's multiplying bread and always healing this and doing that. And you kind of almost get this idea of like every single moment was this like amazing moment with Jesus, you know? Which indeed it was. I mean, he was, you know, walking out God on earth. But again, there were these 
these moments and maybe Mark himself doesn't even know what happened in that moment. He was like, man, this is just a really weird moment. I have no clue what happened. I'm going to document it because that's what happened. That's right. That's so. right. Because the word of God is really documenting the move of God. Yeah. And so, yeah, we have something to go back to and trust as a historical record. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I like it. Um, the other... The only other thing, I guess, that from Mark Riley found pretty interesting mm-hmm. was the fig tree. The fig tree. Yeah, so this one was Mark 11, 12. And uh, it was, so it says, Now the next day, when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry. And after, and seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, no, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. Mm-hmm. And um, later on in the passage, it even talks about how when they came back, the fig tree had withered and, yes, and died. Yeah. I just thought it was, like, I didn't understand why, if it was not the season for it, why would he have spoken to it and kind of like made it wither away? Mm-hmm. If it wasn't even the season for it. Right. Like what did, not literally, but like what did the fig tree do wrong? Or like what's the, like, the, like why? Right, I mean, some of the teachings I've heard on this, it's really, it's a really good question. Some of the teachings I've heard on this is that the fig tree represents Israel. Mm. And uh, so going back to the Old Testament, that it's a prototype, it's, it's a reference to the nation of Israel. And so um, together with representing the religious system um, and that that religious system was not producing. So though... Because the word says that in season and out of season we're to be ready to give an account for the hope that we have. And that I've always seen looked at this passage in that in that regard that whether in season or out of season, when the master comes by, he always inspects fruit. Mm-hmm. And so the that has been how I've interpreted it. Um, not that Jesus demanded something that he ought not to have demanded, but it was more a reflection of something not producing in the presence of God. Right. Um, Boris, do you have a thought on it? Yeah, I mean, that's essentially what I would have said, but kind of also going on, I mean, it proved that, you know, like the Bible clearly says what you bind in heaven, or, or what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and what you loose on earth will be loose in heaven, and vice versa. And I think this is really kind of a, a key moment where, you know, a lot of times, again, you're seeing Jesus do these these great things, but then also, like, when it comes to something that's not producing the fruit, yeah. um, and I think it kind of explains, like, the whole in and out of season, like what you were saying, but something that's not producing, I mean, it will get cut off from the root, and, and when something wavers, it, it starts at the root and then kind of goes up throughout, and I think that's really kind of what we're seeing here is quite the literal version of when you're not producing fruit for the master when I mean, you're gonna start to wear from from the ground up that's right mm. right and, and could it be because the purpose of the tree is to produce fruit and if you're not walking out the purpose of god for your life you wither right because the source of life knowing that we are now in the vine right we are in the vine and that as we abide as the word abides in us and we abide and we allow that that were to produce this divine life that we now walk out, then it should always bear fruit. And if we're not 
allowing the abiding to take root within us, then the purpose of our life um, really gets twisted. And because we're people of purpose, we end up doing something that we're actually not called to do. And that's really the ultimate withering when we're not producing that which the Lord has called us to do according to the purpose he has placed inside of us. Yeah, I think you can really tie this into the how, you know, it says Jesus is going to come like a thief in the night. Right. And we're never going to know exactly that time. So we should be ready, like you're saying, in and out of season. You should, you're all always should be ready for that coming. Mm -hmm. And there's never an off season for being a Christian. Right. You know, that there's never a, okay, I'm going to stop for a year and take it easy. And, you know, and then, and then you just hope like, oh, like in, in every year, like when Jesus like does come back, I'm back on track and I'm ready again kind of thing. You know, there's no such thing as taking a break. I've always heard of saying, like, even if you're pausing and you're not developing, you're going backwards. And I, that's kind of what I'm seeing through this is like, sure, that's quite literally a tree that has seasons. But um, again, you, you can draw from this moment that you should always be ready to yeah. produce. Together with, we're planted in the tree of life, right? We're planted in the tree of life. We're planted in Christ, we're in Christ now. And that, that is a living tree. And so that life is ever producing. So, snap, so now in Christ, we're no longer to do with uh, surveying the weather, whether you know, it's turning into summer now, it's turning into winter now, and we go into hibernation, we go into fruit producing. It is actually the life of God lives inside of us, and from this life, fruit comes. And of course, I think of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, right? right. Patience and kindness and self-control and love. And so that is always, there's all, there's, um, the season is always right for that kind of a fruit producing. Right. Um, yeah, that, so that's kind of been, the way I've navigated with that verse, I've taken it literal um, for myself in light of I'm now in Christ. And so, season's on. Hmm. Season's on. All right. I like that. Mm. I also like how you talk about the call of God. I think yeah. that's something that, like, I know my, me, myself, and probably like other people mm. have like often asked, like, how do you know, how would you describe what the call of God is? Like, I've, I've been, I've heard it described one time like it's more like it's not like necessarily like a bullseye that you have to like do exactly like the bullseye. Mm -hmm. I've heard it described as like a picture frame. Right. Like you work within like the area that God's gifted you and you can still make your own choices and decisions. But like mm -hmm. how do you say because like I know the same like I believe at the same time God has like a plan for you. Yes. But how do you distinguish between like a certain set of a plan versus like mm -hmm. you making decisions and right. like a call? God, the right, call of God. Well, my the way I've taken it um, is the call of God is to be in the Word of God, and so my my primary call is the reading of the Word. Right. And because the Word of God is an eternal Word, it does not fade away, and it has inherent power within it to release life in me. That as I abide in the Word, going back to the abiding, as I allow the Word to abide in me, it's producing fruit. And that is the fruit of knowledge, which we call wisdom, divine wisdom. And so as I'm abiding in the word, the word is renewing my mind and it's conforming me to the mind of Christ. And the mind of Christ knows exactly what I'm called to do. Yeah. So for me, I take it more from a different perspective, not so much 
of a framework in terms of it's a little bit looser than the bullseye. I take it from the rooting of the Word of God, and the Word of God produces this call. And of course, the call within me might be different from the call within you. Right. But only the Word of God can discern that call, because it says the Word is powerful, it's alive, it's active, it's a discerner. The word is a discerner. So when I put this discerner in me, it starts discerning that which God, it's almost like the coding within, the code that God has placed in me to walk out. And so, so it can be as broad as, as knowing God as my heavenly father and as narrow as being called to, let's say, the streets of downtown Halifax. Right to the one down the corner of, let's say, Greenpool and Roby, right? So, so it is really a, um, the broadness of the call of God is as, 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 as important as the, as the narrowness of the call of God. Right. Um, and, and we, when we talk about the call of God, we cannot um, not talk about the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is a spirit of truth and he always leads us into truth. And so he ultimately knows the mind of God. And what God has placed in me, Gertz, and in Bort Schneider, and in Bessie Schneider, what God has placed inside of us. And so now, as this word is renewing my mind, suddenly these desires are being shaped. Suddenly these thoughts come to me. Hmm, I'd like to do that. Or I feel an impression to go over there. And then it's like, all right, that leads to the next moment and next moment. And so I see it more like a step after step of, of, of being found faithful to follow the lead of the Holy Spirit. Right. Yeah, I think yeah. Um, God's a very strategic God. Like God created the most intricate universe. I mean, scientists over I don't know how many years still have yet to develop something as intricate as the human eye. Or, yeah. you, know, you know what I mean? So he's got a really pinpoint will for our lives and plan for our lives he is like you know even to the the this day you're going to be in this house doing he is a really pinpoint but that's not what we are to be focusing on like in the same way i think the greatest story of a of a man following god's plan is you could talk about abraham yeah where i mean he was in the city of her it made no sense to leave that's where everything he was his family everything and he just felt like you're saying like the the holy spirit prompted him at that point it'd be you know god prompting him to leave her and mm -hmm. he had no clue where they didn't question right and, and it's just that that faith of you know you're gonna follow one step to another step to another step and and god's that's what god's grace is for yes. so that when you slip up on one spot or you know as long as you have that pure faith towards the father you know no slip up is is going to cut you off from that mm -hmm. that end goal that pinpointing plan of god and, and that's what the window of grace is for, is to keep you back on track. Every time you get back on track. And then as you keep following every little step, I think that, that big picture becomes, you know, pieced together. It becomes painted by the end of your life. You kind of see the whole picture in front of you and you're like, you know what? My life's done. I've, you know, yeah. I've accomplished what God set me out for. And uh, as long as you're persuaded, like Paul was, I know we mentioned yeah, this last Paul. time, but as long as you're persuaded, three shipwrecks, you know, this and that, nothing's going to stop you from com completing that end goal of your life, as long as you're persuaded. Yes, and there's a grace, there's a keeping power uh, in the call of God going to Paul, where, you know, the Lord spoke to me, you go, you go to Rome, and uh, 
and sure there was a shipwreck um, on on the way to Rome. But what did Paul say to to the sailors and to to those um, on the ship? It was I know whom I have believed. I have to go to Rome. And so his confidence in the call of God really kept everyone alive. Though they lost the ship and the cargo, but they kept no life was lost. And um, I always go back to the Lord knows the call. As long as I know the Lord, He'll take me there. Yeah, and I, I find that often He'll give you a glimpse of what that is. Like He'll give all of us a glimpse. But I've heard many times where if, if God kind of sat you down one night and showed you <laughs> what His plan is, most of us would be way too discouraged. And overwhelmed. You know, overwhelmed. Yeah. yeah, not discouraged. Overwhelmed. It's like, man, how am I supposed to do that? And you start. You know, you'd be like, find the job that'll get you there. You're going to find the school that'll get you there and all this stuff where that's not what he wants. That's why the, the less you know, you know, when you're teaching a kid something, you're not going to tell them like everything about it. Like when you start in school, when you, you start with one plus one equals two, you're not going to mm-hmm. tell them the whole like theorem behind that. You're just going to, you know, one step at a time. And you get the big picture of, oh, one day I'm going to be great at math, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's just kind of that one step at a time. Yeah, and that's where uh, yeah. faith is. Yeah. The faith of the Son Just of God. Just trusting your teacher. Yeah, the faith of the Son of God lives inside of us, and and the just shall live by faith. And that is the power of faith, that it's an enabler to, to help us walk out the plan of God. Right. And so faith is not of my mind, but faith is of my heart. And so when we're talking about the call of God, then I don't have to figure it out here. So often we try to figure out here too. That's really where we try to pinpoint what exactly it is, but it's of your heart. And as we follow the lead of the Holy Spirit and we allow the word to be working in our hearts as we believe the word of God, uh, we are assured that we will do the call of God. And just like Paul at the end of his road, he said, I finished my course, I run the race. Now there's waiting for me a crown of righteousness. And... Um, I always go back to, did Paul know what he was called to? Yeah, God gave him um, general ideas that he was called to preach his word. He was called to the Gentiles, but he didn't know he was going to go to Iconium. He didn't know he was where he was going to, you know, his different journeys. Um, and yet, at the end of the day, he fulfilled the call. And that's the assurance is the Holy Spirit has sealed us and has become now a guarantee that we'll walk out this inheritance. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. There's peace in that. Yeah. Versus like, I've got another call. I think I'm missing the call. I'm going to miss the call. Yeah. My life will be wasted. There's actually less pressure in that. Less pressure. Because it's one moment at a time. And this is part of the call of God. This is part of here we are. About a month ago, we had this idea. And then we're doing it now. It's, It's all being orchestrated by the Holy Spirit as we believe. And make motions towards it and we have a mic and uh, yeah. a crowd. <laughs> this is great, honestly. It's good stuff. Um, those were kind of my questions that I had while reading. Yeah. Do you have time for another question? Oh my, yes. Oh, yeah. Um, the other question I had was not necessarily about what I was reading in the Bible, yeah. but it was maybe you could help me like understand where I can find the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's about kind of respecting authority. So I was thinking... It kind of sparked from give to Caesar what is Caesar's, give to God what is God's. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily what that actually could mean. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking like, how, like for example, in China, 
they are not allowed to, like when government's tight like that, and you're not allowed to gather as Christians mm-hmm. or to like, how do you still respect the government authority, but still follow what's in the Bible, if that makes sense? Well, I, I go to uh, Paul writing to Thessalonians. I just read it yesterday. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Mm. I go back to honoring God and what God has called us to do and what is right in the sight of God. And in the midst of that, there's great persecutions. And of course, we know that the life of Paul was greatly persecuted. Um, for example, here in, in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, let's start from 1. Therefore, when we could not when we could no longer endure it, we thought it good to be left in Athens alone. So what he's saying is to the Salonians, we really miss you, we really miss you, and we really want to come see you, and, and our hearts are longing to see you, and we couldn't endure it anymore. Right. And we knew we couldn't come personally, but we sent Timothy to you. So this is a story. So after we couldn't endure it to be, uh, to be away from you, we, uh, we sent Timothy to you to check upon. That's why he said to just make sure their faith is standing strong. And so they sent Timothy, our brother and minister of God, our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ, to establish you and encourage you concerning your faith, that no one should be shaken by these afflictions, for you yourselves know that we are appointed to this. Um, For in fact, we told you before when we were with you that we would suffer tribulation just as it happened, and you know it. For this reason, when I could no longer endure it, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter had tempted you and our labor might be in vain. So here he's talking to the church in Thessalonica. So obviously there would have been some sort of an authority there to be in opposition to the Christian faith. There must have been some sort of an authority there that would have brought about a persecution. And so... Paul was praying for them that they not be shaken because of it. So I think I go back to honoring God. For example, here in chapter 2, hmm, two four. But as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the, with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing man, but God who tests our hearts. For neither at any time did we use flattering words, as you know, nor a cloak for covetousness. God is witness. Nor did we seek glory from men, either from you or from another, when we might have made demand as apostles of Christ. And he says, but we're gentle among you. What I, I look at this is that when, when we know that we live life before God, and that God is our witness, of what we do, then my honor towards what has called me to do, to be a witness for him, overrides all. So that goes with um, living an honorable life towards God in in my relationships um, because my life is to please God and not to please man. And so then I 
I look at the ultimate authority that every knee shall bow to is, is the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that for me sets the perspective. I heard someone say when you uh, start being divided in your heart is because you haven't prioritized your life. So when we become uh, doubtful, is it this way or that way? It's because we don't have a focus. Right. And so when my focus is God and I, I live to please God, then I, I find everything lines up. Does it make sense? It's a bit of a, another kind of a way to come around to it. Right. Uh, so it's not about being a rebel to earthly authority, but it's about obedience to the heavenly vision. Right. Like Paul told King Agrippa, you know, I want to be found obedient to the heavenly vision. So here he was in prison for his faith. And he's standing trial and he says, you know what? I, I, I have to be found, I'm, I want to be found faithful to the heavenly vision, to the call that God has given to me. And so because at the end of the day, there's a day of, of judgment that will stand and will give an account to what we have done in the body. And that is really what has been lately propelling me. I've been really meditative over that I will give an account of this life. And uh, should Jesus tarry and I live another hundred years, that goes like that, like a, like a vapor, the word of God says, and I will give an account. And so then everything becomes prioritized to honoring God. Right. Hmm. I guess when you think of it like that, then it's like no issue. No issue. issue. Because we're called to persecution. Right. I just read here, as Paul says in chapter 3, you know that we are called to affliction, we, we are called to persecution. And um, and earlier he said, you know, I live to please God and not man. Yeah, I think, well, I have a couple things to say, but uh, start with, like, at the end of the day, like you're saying, when you're going to stand before God, you're not going to stand before the Canadian government or something like that, right? So every move you do is, is going to be First, in 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 reaction to to God, you know that that, that uh, holy fear, but uh, and also persecution, government persecution of your faith will be always vindicated by God. Yes. Like, and I say that because, like, let's say we look at Peter. I believe it's Peter who was jailed and uh, had all the believers praying for him. That's Peter, right? That's right. Yeah. And he was in jail, and an angel came in. And loosened the chains of them and walked them out of that yes. government prison. And and again, this is not coming against the 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 leaders or coming against the authority. Instead, it is showing that the kingdom of heaven has a greater relevance in this world. And also, I, I kind of comes to the the verse that you always hear: "Honor your father and mother, father and mother in the Lord." And that, like your parents, are a symbol of authority. So what in that verse, it, it's saying, obviously, you're to honor them in the way that the Lord sees fit. Right. And, and that is, you know, in, in the natural way, you know, they treat you good, you treat them well, and, and then you'll have long life um, um, through that. And in the same way, you can kind of say the same about your government, where, you know, you're always to be praying for your leaders, no matter what end of the spectrum they're on, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, you're to do it as the Lord sees fits. Mm -hmm. 
It's kind of to honor the Lord. Yeah, yeah. You're always you always are out to honor your government. Christians should not be out bashing the government. No, they shouldn't be doing that. Said they, they should be praying for the government. That's right. And however, there is a time where you need to stand up for your own rights. You got to stand up for the kingdom of heaven. That's right. And uh, and I believe that time is right now where you, you really need to stand up for the rights, the God-given rights. And um, be a light. Yeah. Be a light in a dark world. Yeah. Because um, the word says that we are a light that's set up on a hill um, and we're not to hide under the bush of light, under a basket. And I think this is the hour to be a bright light. And you cannot be a bright light without the persuasion of the word of God. Yeah. Without the word of God having um, the primary voice in all because the fear of man is palpable. Yeah. Intimidation is great in the world. And the Bible says that, uh, I believe John, um, in, his, in his epistles at the end, writes that everything is, the whole world is in the sway of the wicked one. And we know the sway of the wicked one is fear. And so fear is, is intimidation, of course. And without uh, being persuaded that the word of God is true and it's literal, going back to it being literal, then um, we'll be shaken and we'll go into like, well, what is the right thing to do here? You know, what is what looks like honor? And so for me, I honor God above all, settles all arguments. I honor the word of God above all. I honor truth above all. And truth is defined by what this, this, this Bible states. And that is really the ultimate liberty. And, and Paul in Galatians talks about standing, um, in the freedom that we now have in Christ. And of course, that refers to walking out the walk of the Spirit and not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. And so when we're led of the Holy Spirit, we'll always walk out the perfect will of God. And we'll always be an honor to God. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Right. So then it's no, I don't have to like chop it down to this. In this instance, I do that. In that instance, I do that. No, the freedom is to be led by the Holy Spirit and He'll always lead us the right way. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah, I like that that's one. it. Anything else? Just trying to think. There's so much. There's so much. There's always something. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, we can wrap it up for today. Yeah. Unless you have something else. I don't know. Like, what about being led by the Holy Spirit? Oh, being led by the Holy Spirit. That would take a... <laughs> that's a lot, isn't it? Yeah, but that's an awesome one. The leading of the Holy Spirit cannot... Uh, is really pretty much um, based on the working of the Word of God in your life because uh, the Word says that the Spirit of God was given to us to bring to remembrance the Word of Jesus. Right. So the function, the primary function of the Holy Spirit is to bring to remembrance the Word of Jesus. And so when we, the words of Jesus are being brought to our remembrance, which we know it's Jesus did not speak of his own accord. He didn't speak of his own authority, but he spoke as he heard the Father speak. So we're talking about the counsel of the word of the Lord. That when we, um, when we have an abundance of the word within us, we're giving the Holy Spirit greater liberty to lead us. Because our, our, our skillfulness in the word of righteousness enables him to lead us in a righteous way because he always leads us in righteousness. Um, and so for me, the answer to being led of the Holy Spirit is having an abundance of the word in my heart. 
because the word going back to what I said earlier is a discern of truth and the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth and so and Jesus said my words they're spirit and they are truth so Jesus said his words are spirit and they're truth and so the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth and we know that his word is truth and so that's how he leads he leads through through the word and sometimes it's not even just a, a verse you hear it's an inclination but because there's so much word in you the inclination is so easy and you wouldn't have to you don't need to do a chapter and the verse you just know which way to go that's that's the safest place of the leader of the spirit all comes back to the word eh? it always arrow. all comes back to the word back to the word there's no shortcut to yeah it. i think a real the real key to that i mean you can like read books on how to listen to the holy spirit and all this stuff and and some of it might help you, but I think really what it comes down to is you need to do your part of filling yourself with the Bible. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, you're just, you're just following peace. You, you follow peace. And, and it's usually really easy to recognize when you make a mistake because you go home that night and you're thinking about it. You're thinking about it. You're like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Like, it, it's usually very easy to spot a bad kind of choice. And then, again, that's what God's grace is for because then the next day you're like, okay, well, that is a new day and we're not going to make that mistake again. And you, you just keep realigning yourself to follow that, that peace right. in your heart. And again, you always fill yourself with, with the, the word. That way you, you know what true peace looks like. And that's, that's what, right. kind of what you're following. Because conviction is really important. Yeah, right. You, yeah, you need to have a clear conscience. You yeah. need to you have that clear conscience. Yeah, conviction is part of how he leads. Conviction is that inward witness. And conviction is not always in terms of you've messed up, but it's conviction of... This is what was right, and um, and if we do miss it, then we have the Holy Spirit that leads us into truth to identify that, and we make a turn. And the way we really make a turn is renew our mind by the word, so that we'll be not susceptible to that right. moment again. Yeah. You guys heard it here today first. <laughs> it all comes down to the word. That's right. right. Go Read home, your Bible. Get yourself the word. All right. This is where it all happens. That's yeah. it. The beginning and the end. But that's what Jesus says. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, right? The beginning and the, the, beginning and the end. Yeah. So that's what, what Dominion Session is about. It's about the teaching of the word of God. So thank you for joining us today. And we trust that we can do this more often. And you can join us. Be blessed. Praise God. Thank Amen. you. Thank you. Ha <laughs> ha.